As you hold this antique in your hands, you can't help but feel a sense of unease. The intricate carvings, the smooth surface, and the patina of age all tell a story, but it's a story that you may not want to hear. Because this isn't just any ordinary antique, it's cursed. It carries with it a dark and malevolent energy, an energy that has brought terror and destruction to those who have dared to take it into their homes. These are the stories of the cursed antiques that bring paranormal activity into a home where the past and the present collide in a terrifying way. So listen closely as we take you on a journey into the darkness of haunted heirlooms and possessed possessions, where the dead may still linger and the living are never truly alone. Our first story of the night is titled Mirror Mirror on the Wall. Beth walked into her new bedroom with a sense of accomplishment. The walls were painted a warm, creamy color, and the hardwood floors gleamed in the sunlight streaming in through the large windows. She had spent weeks scouring the city for the perfect furniture and decor to make this space truly her own. But as she looked around, something was missing. She wanted a statement piece that would reflect her own unique style, something that would make her feel truly at home. With that thought in mind, she set out to explore the antique shops in her new neighborhood. She wandered through the dusty aisles, her eyes scanning over the rows of tarnished candlesticks and faded paintings. But as she was about to give up hope, she saw it. A large, ornate mirror with a gilded frame, unlike anything she had ever seen before. As she gazed into her reflection, she felt her heart skip a beat. The mirror seemed to capture the very essence of her, and she felt a sense of recognition and belonging that she had never felt before. This is the one she thought to herself as she stared at her reflection. This is the missing piece that will make my bedroom truly mine. She reached out to touch the mirror, and as her fingers brushed against the gilded frame, she heard a voice whisper to her, You really are beautiful, Beth. Beth knew in that moment that she had to have this mirror. She couldn't explain why, but she felt an overwhelming sense of urgency to make it hers. She paid for the mirror and couldn't wait to get back home to hang it on the wall. As soon as the mirror was hung in her bedroom, she felt a change. Every time she looked into the mirror, she felt more and more beautiful, and she couldn't help but stare at her reflection for hours. As she looked at herself, she felt a sense of power and confidence that she had never felt before. Little did she know that there was a demon inside this mirror that was tricking her, but she couldn't resist its pull. I have never felt this beautiful before, Beth thought to herself as she gazed into the mirror. I need more antiques to make my bedroom perfect, and to make me perfect. Beth's obsession with the cursed mirror had led her to acquire other cursed antiques as well. The demon inside the mirror had been manipulating her, whispering to her to buy more and more items to empower it and find a way into her soul. Beth became increasingly isolated, spending all of her time in her bedroom, surrounded by the antiques she had collected. Each new piece she bought empowered the demon more, and it slowly began to take over her mind. Her loved ones were worried about her, but she couldn't hear them, couldn't see anything but her own reflection in the cursed mirror. She was consumed by the demon's manipulation, unable to resist its pull. Her friends and family tried to intervene, but she refused to listen to them, convinced that the antiques she had collected were the key to her happiness and beauty. The demon had a hold on her, and it was only a matter of time before it would claim her soul. Beth's obsession with the cursed mirror and her quest to acquire more and more antiques to complement it led her down a self-centered path of destruction. Her once vibrant and caring personality was replaced with a cruel and sadistic one. Her loved ones were horrified as they watched her transformation and were powerless to stop it. 
They watched as she became increasingly isolated, spending all of her time in her bedroom, surrounded by the antiques she had collected. Her friends and family began to feel uneasy around her in the mirror, as if it was mocking them with its presence. They noticed a stench of decay and death emanating from her room, and it seemed to taint everything in the home, including Beth's soul. The mirror had become a constant reminder of the tragedy that had befallen her, and her loved ones could only stand by and watch as the demon inside the mirror claimed her soul. In the end, the cursed mirror had consumed Beth's life, her mind, and her soul, and left her loved ones with nothing but memories of the woman she once was. It serves as a warning to all who would dare to tamper with the dark powers of the unknown, and to always heed the warnings of those who truly care for them. Our next story of the night is titled The Doll Collector. Tiffany was overjoyed when her grandmother gave her an antique doll. It was a beautiful porcelain figure with delicate features and a flowing dress. Her grandmother had bought it from a small antique shop, and Tiffany couldn't wait to play with it. She named the doll Victoria, and it quickly became her favorite toy. Unfortunately for Tiffany and her family, something truly sinister was attached to that doll. Tiffany's parents became increasingly worried as strange occurrences began to happen in their home as soon as the doll arrived. They would find cupboard doors left open, items missing, and the stereo turned on to full volume in the middle of the night. They tried to brush it off as their imagination, but the occurrences became more frequent. I can't believe it, said Tiffany's mother. I swear I closed the cupboard doors before going to bed, but now they're wide open. It's not just that, her father added. I'm sure I put my keys on the kitchen counter, but now they're missing. They both knew it couldn't be Tiffany. She was a good girl, and they couldn't imagine her doing such things. They decided to talk to her to see if she had any explanations for the strange happenings in their home. Tiffany, sweetie, have you been playing with any of the cupboard doors or moving things around in the house? Asked her mother, trying to sound as casual as possible. No, mommy, Tiffany replied. I promise, I haven't done anything. I've just been playing with Victoria, my new doll. Victoria, the doll grandma bought you. Her father asked, an uneasy feeling creeping into his stomach. Yes, Daddy, Tiffany said. She's my favorite toy. Her parents exchanged a worried glance. They couldn't shake off the feeling that the doll had something to do with the strange occurrences in their home. They all began to feel scared, not knowing what was happening or who or what was responsible for it. They knew something was not right and they didn't know how to stop it. Tiffany had a hard time falling asleep that night, as a terrible storm raged outside her window. Each flash of lightning that lit up her room was followed by a horrific boom of thunder. As she lay in bed, she couldn't shake off the feeling that something was watching her. Suddenly, she saw a black mist emerging from her beloved doll, Victoria. It was the doll collector, a shadowy figure that had come to collect her soul and trap it inside the doll. She tried to run and hide, but the doll collector held the magical doll in front of him, and it emanated a mysterious light that dragged her body and soul across the room, trapping her inside it forever. As the doll collector disappeared into the shadows, Tiffany's screams had echoed through the house. Her parents were awakened by her screams and rushed to her room. They found her room in a mess, and Tiffany nowhere to be found. Her parents were horrified and heartbroken. They couldn't believe that their precious daughter was gone. They searched the house and only found her doll Victoria, not knowing their daughter was trapped inside it forever. They knew they had to return the doll to the antique shop, not knowing the true nature of the curse that the doll carried. The doll collector was still out there, waiting for his next victim. 
Desperate to find any clues about what happened to their daughter, the family searched the entire house over and over again, but she seemed to disappear into thin air. The parents returned the doll to the antique store, never to know the fate of their daughter and many others who were trapped inside. And the shadowy figure known as the doll collector waits inside this doll Victoria, waiting for the chance to capture his next victim. And our next story of the night is titled The War Hero Returns Home. Arthur was a collector of World War I memorabilia, and he had spent years searching for the perfect addition to his collection. One day, he came across an old army jacket that had been worn in the war. It was tattered and worn, but to Arthur, it was a piece of history. He was thrilled to add it to his collection. Little did Arthur know, the jacket had belonged to a soldier named Richard Jameson, a war hero who had died in action. The jacket was the only thing that remained of him, and it held a special significance to his family. A button was sewn into the coat by his wife Amber, something of hers so he would remember what he was fighting for as he was off at war. Before he had left for war, he had promised her that he would come back to her as soon as he could. But as he died heartbroken laying on the battlefield, like so many soldiers, he felt like he had let his new bride down. However, that couldn't have been farther from the truth. He was a hero to his wife and his unborn daughter Jennifer, whom he had never met. The button served as a reminder of the love and sacrifice he had made for his country. And for Amber, as Arthur began to research the jacket's history, he discovered the story of Richard Jameson. He learned about the soldier's courage and bravery in the face of war, and how much he had meant to those who had known him. The more he learned, the more he began to feel a connection to the soldier. One night, Arthur was awoken in the middle of the night to the sound of a man crying. As he walked down his stairs, he could see the jacket floating in the air. In the reflection of his mirror, he could see the war hero Richard Jameson holding the jacket, crying into it. The jacket began to have an eerie presence in Arthur's home. He would hear whispering coming from it and it would move on its own. As he dug deeper into the soldier's story, he began to have nightmares about the war and the soldier's death. He couldn't shake off the feeling that the soldier's spirit was still with the jacket and it was trying to reach out to him. The sight of the war hero crying in the reflection of the mirror haunted Arthur and it was clear that the spirit of Richard Jameson was still attached to the jacket, unable to find peace. Determined to find a way to bring peace to the soldier's spirit, Arthur set out to track down Jennifer Jameson, the soldier's daughter. He found her living as an old woman and he gave her back the jacket, the last remaining piece of her father. As he handed her the jacket, he looked in the mirror and saw the spirits of Richard and his wife Amber, happy to be reunited, both of them watching over their daughter Jennifer. The reunion of the jacket with Jennifer brought closure and peace to the spirits of Richard and Amber and they were finally able to find rest. For Arthur, it was a humbling experience and it made him appreciate the sacrifices that soldiers make for their country. He realized that some things are more important than his collection and that sometimes, history is best left in the hands of those who truly love the heroes behind the stories. And our next story of the night is titled The Spirit Board. Parker was a 15-year-old boy with a passion for the paranormal. After school, one day, he stopped off at a local antique shop, drawn in by the unique and rare items they carried. The owner of the shop, Charles, was also into the supernatural, and he immediately took a liking to Parker. Charles showed him a Ouija board that he had just acquired. It was unlike any other Ouija board that Parker had ever seen. It was solid wood and looked very old. Charles could tell it was powerful and warned Parker that it should be used with caution. Are you sure you want this board, Parker? 
It's not like those mass-produced ones you find at the mall, Charles said, with a hint of warning in his voice. Yeah, I'm sure, Parker replied, his excitement getting the better of him. I've always wanted a real Ouija board. Charles shrugged, suit yourself, but be careful with it. It was a dark and stormy night that night after Parker bought the board. The wind was howling outside and the rain beating against the windows. Parker's bedroom was dimly lit by only one black candle, casting eerie shadows on the walls. He had set up the Ouija board on his desk, and he sat in front of it, his heart racing with excitement. He placed his fingers on the planchette and closed his eyes, trying to clear his mind and focus on communicating with the spirit. As he began the session, he could feel the board alive with action beneath his fingers, spelling out words and phrases. At first, he thought it was just his imagination, but soon it became clear that the board was communicating with him in a way that he had never experienced before. He could feel the spirit's presence in the room, almost as if it was right next to him. He could hear its voice whispering in his ear, and he couldn't shake off the feeling of being watched. As the board continued to spell out words, Parker's fear and excitement grew. He felt as if he was in a trance, unable to pull his hands away from the planchette. The board was moving on its own, even when his hands were not on it. The letters and words were being spelled out by the unseen force. He couldn't believe what was happening. He was communicating with a real spirit, and it was thrilling and terrifying at the same time. Parker's mind was racing with a mix of emotions. He felt both exhilarated and scared. He knew that what he was doing was dangerous, but he couldn't stop. As Parker continued to communicate with the spirit through the Ouija board, the planchette suddenly moved towards the no placement on the board. He tried to fight it, to keep the planchette moving in a different direction, but it was as if an invisible force was pulling it towards the no placement on the board. Suddenly, with a loud boom from the thunder outside, the board and planchette flew across his room, crashing into the wall. Parker was startled and scared. He quickly got up and ran to turn on the lights. His heart was pounding as he looked around the room, trying to make sense of what had just happened. He couldn't believe the amount of power that was in the board and the unseen force behind it. He felt like the board had a life of its own, and it was not a friendly one. As soon as Parker brought the Ouija board home, strange things began happening in the house. At first, it was small things, like objects moving on their own or doors opening and closing by themselves. But soon, the occurrences became more frequent and intense. Chairs would fly across rooms, pictures would fall off the walls, and Parker and his family would hear strange noises and whispering coming from the board. Stephen, Parker's stepfather, couldn't take it anymore. He blamed Parker for bringing the evil into their home. He became increasingly aggressive and paranoid, and he would often get drunk and lash out at Parker. One night, after a particularly intense attack from the poltergeist, Stephen lost control. He grabbed a baseball bat and smashed the board into pieces, fully releasing the poltergeist into the hole. This is all your fault, you little brat, Stephen yelled as he smashed the board. I knew this Ouija board was nothing but trouble. I didn't know it would do this, I'm sorry, Parker pleaded, tears streaming down his face. Please, let's get help, I don't know how to stop it. But it was too late, the damage was done, the poltergeist was now free to torment the family at will, and they were powerless to stop it. Parker felt guilty and scared, he had never intended for any of this to happen, he just wanted to explore his interest in the paranormal. But now, he realized the true dangers of playing with the supernatural. After weeks of living in fear, Parker and his family reached out to Charles, the owner of the antique shop where Parker had bought the Ouija board. 
Charles, who was a friend of a medium named Michelle, and was able to arrange for her to come to their home. Michelle was an older woman with a kind face and a gentle manner. She arrived on another dark and stormy night, carrying a bag full of herbs and crystals. She set up a small altar in the living room and began a ceremony to trap the poltergeist in another Ouija board once again. This ceremony was intense and terrifying for Parker and his family, as the poltergeist fought back with all its might. Parker and his family could feel its presence in the room, trying to break free from Michelle's ritual. But Michelle was determined, she chanted and sang, burning sage and spreading salt on the floor. And finally, with a loud crack of thunder, the poltergeist was trapped in the board once again. The family breathed a sigh of relief, finally free from the poltergeist's wrath. Michelle took the board with her, promising to make sure it never got into the hands of a child again. She left the family with a sense of peace and closure, and they were grateful to have their home and their lives back to normal. Parker learned a valuable lesson about the dangers of playing with the supernatural, and he decided to leave it to the professionals. Our next story is titled The Tragic Tea Readings. Kelly was a beautiful and kind young woman with a heart of gold. She had always been interested in antiques, and one day she stumbled upon a small antique shop in the outskirts of her town. The shop was run by a kindly old man named Mr. Jenkins, who showed her around his store and let her see an old tea set that had caught her eye. The tea set was made of delicate porcelain, with intricate patterns of flowers and birds. It was unlike anything Kelly had ever seen before. Mr. Jenkins told her that it was an heirloom that had been passed down through generations, and that it had a special power. Kelly was intrigued and asked Mr. Jenkins what kind of power the tea set had. He told her that if she drank from one of the cups, she would be able to predict the future. Kelly was skeptical at first, but the old man assured her that it was true. He told her that the tea set had been passed down through generations of psychics, and that it had helped them in their work. Kelly decided to take a chance, and she bought the tea set. As soon as she got home, Kelly made herself a cup of tea and drank from one of the cups. To her surprise, she immediately felt a strange sensation come over her. She closed her eyes and saw visions of the future. She saw her friends and family in a moment of pure excitement, as she saw herself winning the lottery. Kelly couldn't believe it. She had always dreamed of winning the lottery, but she had never thought it would be possible. The winning number then flashed before her eyes with the date of the draw. Unbelievably, she did play that day, and she did win. Excited by her new abilities, Kelly decided to use her powers to help her friends and family. She told her best friend about her upcoming promotion, and her brother about the stock market going up. As Kelly's predictions started to come true, her friends and family were amazed by her newfound abilities. They started coming to her with all sorts of questions, asking her about their future and seeking her advice. Kelly was happy to help, and she used her powers to guide them and make their lives better. As Kelly began to use her newfound psychic abilities, she couldn't help but notice the rapid aging of her body. Every time she looked in the mirror, she was horrified by the lines and wrinkles that seemed to appear overnight. Her once youthful and radiant skin was now dull and aged, and her once shiny hair had turned gray. She couldn't believe what was happening to her, and she couldn't shake off the feeling of fear and sadness as she watched her youth and beauty slip away. Every time she used her powers, she could feel the curse of the tea set taking its toll on her. Her thoughts were consumed with the question of whether it was worth it to keep helping others, or if it would be better to take care of herself before it was too late. 
She could see her reflection aging in front of her eyes, and it was a terrifying sight. She knew that the price of her abilities was steep, and she couldn't help but wonder if it was all worth it in the end. As her abilities became more and more in demand, Kelly was consumed by helping others. She was constantly on the move, always running to someone's house, or meeting someone new. She began to lose sight of her own well-being, which only made her age all the quicker. She would forget to eat and sleep, and her health began to deteriorate very quickly. Within two weeks of gaining her psychic abilities, Kelly had aged decades. She became frail and weak, and her once bright and shining spirit had been replaced by a deep exhaustion. She knew that her time was running out, and she could feel the end approaching. On her deathbed, Kelly looked back on her life and realized the true cost of her abilities. She had given everything to help others, but in the end, she had nothing left for herself. She had learned the hard way that sometimes, the greatest gift you can give to others is to take care of yourself. And our final story is titled The Trunk of Sadness. Jason couldn't believe his luck when he stumbled upon the antique store owned by Charles. He had always been a collector of unique and rare items, and the storage trunk caught his eye immediately. Charles, the shop owner, told him that he knew very little about the trunk's history, and that the lock had been broken for years. Despite this, Jason was drawn to the trunk and decided to buy it for $100 just to have it in his home as a decorative piece. As soon as he got home, Jason began to clean the trunk and fix it up. However, as the days passed, he began to notice something strange happening. Every night, as he lay in bed, he would have vivid and violent nightmares about the murders of different people. The spirits of the victims were visiting him in the middle of the night, haunting him with their stories. On the first night after buying the trunk, Jason was awakened by a ghostly figure of a young woman. She had dark, curly hair and a look of fear etched on her face. She told him that her name was Mary Ann and that she was a victim of a horrific killer. She explained how she had been out on the streets, trying to make a living when the killer had approached her. She had begged for mercy, but he had brutally murdered her with never an ounce of remorse. Jason could feel her pain and terror as she relived her final moments. After that first spirit Marianne visited him, Jason woke up drenched in sweat, his heart pounding in his chest. He couldn't shake the feeling that the nightmare he had just experienced was more than just a dream. The image of Mary's mutilated body, and the gruesome way in which she had been killed, was etched into his mind. He felt a deep sense of sadness and anger for the young woman who had been murdered, and for the fact that her killer had never been caught. The following night, Jason was visited by the ghost of another young woman. This time, it was a woman with long, blonde hair, and a kind face. She introduced herself as Rachel, and she told him that she had been a friend of Marianne's. She had been out looking for Mary when she was also murdered in cold blood. She explained how she had seen the killer's face and had recognized him as a local man she knew. She begged Jason to find the killer and bring him to justice. The next morning, Jason woke up feeling like he had been hit by a truck. The visions of Rachel's murder were so vivid and horrifying, it felt like he had witnessed it firsthand. He couldn't shake the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear that had been inflicted upon both Marianne and Rachel before their deaths. Again another night brought upon another horrific nightmare. Jason was visited by a ghost of a woman who was older than the previous two. She had white hair and a stern expression. Her name was Elizabeth and she had been the mother of one of the killer's victims. She told Jason how her daughter had been killed and how the killer had brutally taken her life. She explained how she had always suspected the local doctor and begged Jason to investigate him. 
The next day, Jason had trouble focusing on his work, as the memory of the dream lingered in his mind. He felt a deep sense of sadness and loss for the woman who had died so young, and for the fact that her killer had never been caught. The feeling of loss and hopelessness that Elizabeth had felt after her daughter's death was unsettling for Jason. On the fourth night, Jason was visited by a ghost of a woman who was heavily pregnant. She was crying and her face was full of despair. She told him that her name was Catherine and that she was one of the killer's last victims. She explained how she had been out looking for her husband when she was attacked by the killer. She begged Jason to find the killer and bring him to justice before he could harm anyone else. The next morning, Jason woke up feeling like he had been through a war. The images of Catherine's brutal murder were seared into his mind, and he couldn't shake the feeling of rage and anger that had been inflicted upon her before her death. He couldn't stop thinking about the fact that her killer had never been caught and the injustice of it all. At his wit's end, Jason decided to open the trunk, and what he found inside shocked him to his very core. Inside the trunk, he found keepsakes that the infamous serial killer Jack the Ripper had kept from each of his victims. That trunk he had bought for only $100 had belonged to the notorious killer. It was a shrine honoring all of the sick things he had done to these women. Both terrified and sickened, Jason contacted the local authorities, who put him in touch with the Scotland Yard. With the help of the police, they were finally able to identify the true identity of Jack the Ripper, a local physician and family man named Dr. Carl Jackson, a prominent doctor and socialite from the East End of London. The revelation of the trunk's true history sent shockwaves through the community and Jason was hailed as a hero for helping to finally solve one of the most infamous unsolved murder cases in history. But the experience had taken a heavy toll on him. He had been visited by the spirits of the victims, and he would never be the same again. He decided to donate the trunk to a London museum as a grim reminder of the terrible past, and the innocent lives that were lost. And so, we come to the end of another episode of our scary stories. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these tales of haunted and cursed objects and the mysterious powers they possess. We've explored some truly unique stories about a haunted tea set, a cursed storage trunk, and a mysterious jacket, all of which had their own stories to tell. As we've seen, these antiques may seem harmless at first glance, but they may be holding dark secrets and hidden powers that can be both dangerous and deadly. As we've heard, the people who come into contact with these cursed antiques often pay a heavy price for their curiosity. They're faced with terrifying visions, nightmares, and even physical harm. But despite the dangers, people are drawn to these objects, and they continue to be passed down through the generations. As you go about your day, keep in mind that the world is full of strange and mysterious things, each with its own unique story to tell. And who knows, you may even come across one of these cursed antiques yourself. Remember to be careful and always be aware of the potential dangers that these objects may hold. Thank you for listening to this episode on Cursed Antiques. We'll be back soon with more tales of the unexplained. Until then, stay curious, but be careful. Stay safe and always remember that the past holds many secrets, and some should never be uncovered.